The South Dakota Stories, Volume 1. She was a city girl, but always somewhere else in her head. Somewhere where bison roam, rivers flow, and people get their hiking boots dirty. Like, actually dirty. So one day she fled west and discovered this place of beauty, history, and a delicious taste of adventure. But before she knew it, she was driving away with memories to share and the hopes of returning. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time. Listen, everybody got a back again. Don't take no mess out the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrabble it. How they win that game today. There's just one thing you can say. How does Scotty shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy. How did Brian jump so sweet? Believe it, it ain't easy. It's the flying dot that's in your lap. Welcome back to the Rose Garden Report podcast. I am Sean Hyken, your host and the author of the Rose Garden Report website and newsletter, which you can go subscribe to at rosegardenreport.com. Very easy to remember. Uh, You can get a free or paid subscription with the season starting. I'm going to start putting a lot more stuff behind the paywall. So if you want all of the coverage, I would encourage all of you to go sign up for that. Uh, The podcast, you know, we're back. You know, we're going to keep probably doing this between one and two times a week once at the minimum but i would like to do twice a week most weeks during the season now that there's going to be a lot more stuff to talk about you can get the podcast as always apple spotify google wherever i think amazon wherever you get podcasts it's on all the usual platforms so go subscribe and you know go rate uh or leave a review all that kind of stuff it helps with the growth and it helps with the placement and all that kind of stuff so this episode, I brought Eric back on. You know him, frequent guest, Blazers Twitter mainstay. We each gave five predictions for the season and just some other general thoughts. We didn't know what each other's predictions were before we actually recorded this, so it's a pretty organic conversation. Some of our predictions overlapped, some of them didn't, but I think it's a pretty good overview of where things are at right now heading into the season and this is the last episode before the regular season actually starts the season starts on wednesday in sacramento and then their home opener is friday against the suns and then we're kind of off there's just gonna be new games to talk about new stuff to talk about and I'm looking forward to covering all of it for you at the Rose Garden Report newsletter and on this podcast. So I, you know, I've got, I've got a lot of stuff I'm working on that I'm excited about. I hope that all of you come along with me on the journey. I've really appreciated a lot of the support so far, and uh, let's get to this conversation now. All right, Eric, we have made it. This is the last episode that we're going to record and release before an actual Portland Trail Blazers game that counts has been played. The NBA season starts on Tuesday. The Blazers season starts on Wednesday in Sacramento, and then their home opener is Friday against Phoenix. So we're here. We made it. We did. It was. I'm happy uh, that it's here, finally. But for a while there, I was really enjoying the fact that we did not have to just jump from one season to the next immediately like we've had to for the last two years so 
uh, I was glad to really get a break. To be honest with you, I I I I feel a lot of Dame's sentiments about being able to spend time doing other things like he did last year. So um, I'm actually though happy now that the NBA is back. I'm finally ready for it to be here. Oh, yeah, me too. So a couple of quick news things we should probably just get out of the way and talk about since a few things have happened since I think the last time we did one of these. Uh, first of all, uh, this was kind of expected, but the Blazers signed Olivier Saar to their one of their two open two-way spots who kind of always made the most sense to sign because he was the only center they had in camp. And now he has a wrist injury, so he's out for at least a week. So that's fun. But uh, then the other injury update is that Gary Payton II, who they previously said was going to be ready to go for opening night after having the core muscle surgery, is going to miss at least the first week or the first five games of the season. So there's just a couple updates there. Yeah, those are those are important. I was liking what Sar was doing. It seemed like he had kind of put a claim to the backup five yeah. minutes. Yeah, um, it's that which which might say more about how thin they are up front behind Nurkic than anything else. But yeah, I mean he he did look like he you know earned minutes being out there. And by the way, just I don't have the exact rules off the top of my head, but I think there are going to be actual limits to how much the two way guys are able to play or how many games they can appear in this year. The last couple of years, because of COVID, they basically just let teams use those as extra roster spots just because it didn't make sense to keep sending guys to and from the G league because of needing bodies because of outbreaks or whatever. But I think now it's back to like two way guys can only play in like 45 or 50 games, something like that. So there is that to keep in mind. Yeah. They're actually going to enforce the rules on the two way contract this year is basically what you're saying. Yeah. And the Blazers, by the way, are still one of two teams in the league that don't actually have a G League team. So that's, you know, an interesting, you know, complication to them even having guys on two-way deals. But that's just kind of where things are at. So what we're going to do on this episode is we're each going to give five predictions for how this Blazers season is going to go. They could be about whatever, individual players, team record, things that are going to happen in the season, whatever the case may be. We each came up with five. We did not tell each other what our predictions were going to be. So we're going to be getting these, you know, right, you know, from, you know, authentically, like I'm getting, you know, for the first time. Yes, I, I have mine written down. I do as well. So why don't you start off? Why don't you give me your first one? And we'll just kind of go back and forth. Okay. Um, my first one, Dame will be all NBA. I think that's, that was, I didn't do anything related to Dame, but I think that's, a pretty reasonable assumption to make just based on what we've seen so far in the preseason physically. I mean, there, there's still some rust, but physically it looks like the burst is back and he's healthy, which, you know, I have, I have no doubt that he's going to have a big year. So I think that's probably a good assumption. Yeah. He's going to get back into top 15 NBA caliber player. And I think there's just been an assumption that he's never going to get back there. Or just, you know, people are just kind of not really caring about the Blazers, but I just do think that he's going to reach that level again. And uh, there's going to be a lot of steam face emojis on the timeline about people forgot <laughs> that Damian Lillard was a problem. People do actually forget that. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it's going to be, I mean, he might be playing at an all NBA level and still not make all NBA just because there are so many guards that are going to be in, like at this point, 
you know, you have to pencil in Steph, you have to pencil in Luca, you have to pencil in probably John Morant at this point. I think Harden. Yeah, but I don't think Harden's a guarantee. I don't either, but I think he's going to be in the mix. Yeah, he'll be he'll be in the mix. I think I think guys like Drew Holiday will be in the mix. Um, Sure, yeah. Let's see who else is going to be in the mix. I mean, Trey Young probably. Yeah, yeah. See, but those are guys. I I don't think I think Dame is better than those guys. And I think like like and I think Garland and Donovan Mitchell will kind of hurt each other's case. Vote wise, you mean? Well, yeah, they're going to split votes, and I think also just stats wise, I don't think Donovan Mitchell is going to be getting the gaudy offensive numbers that he was getting in Utah because there's just more weapons. And I think Evan Mobley, too, is going to get a lot more touches and more of a chance to be like an offensive focal point for Cleveland. So whereas like there was no front court player that was going to do that in Utah for Don to take the the plays away from Donovan Mitchell. So I, I, I think, you know, guys like maybe Cade Cunningham could maybe be in the mix. But like, again, I, I don't think he's better than Dame. And so I, I just think that Dame has it will have a really good chance to get back to that point. Because like Steph is a guarantee, but and Jaw, I would, I guess Steph, Jaw, and Luca, I think, are the three that you can pretty much pencil in, barring injury. Right. So that means there's three other spots for guards that I think Dame is more than worthy of getting. I would tend to agree with that. I think it might also just come down to team record. I don't know how. Like it, it kind of goes back and forth every year of like how much voters are willing to give one of the all NBA spots to somebody whose team isn't in, you know, the top of their conference, which we'll get to, I'm sure we both kind of have thoughts on uh, whether, you know, the blade, where, you know, where the Blazers are going to be in the standings, but I think that might factor into it too. But I think the your point is that Dame, you think is going to have a big bounce back year and remind people that he's still Dame. And I think I would agree with that. All right. Let's hear yours. My first prediction is that by the end of the year, and it might not happen for the first like half of the season, but I think by the end of the year, both of the Blazers rookies, Shaden Sharp and Jabari Walker, will work their way into the rotation. Ooh, I like that. that I, do, I do not have that one on my list, and uh, I would love to see that. And I think going back to the point that we made at the top about Olivier Saar and the thinness of the Blazers' front courts, particularly the center position. Uh-huh. I kind of want to give Jabari Walker a look at backup five before going to Eubanks. Like as a small ball five? Yeah, just because like, I don't, I mean, Eubanks is fine. He, You know what you're going to get from him. But like, He can give you 10 or 15 minutes and be serviceable totally. But. Right, and I don't, Jabari's not that much smaller than him in terms of height. Like he is not maybe as, as strong as Eubanks and could get bodied by bigger guys, but if teams are going to try and post up Jabari Walker, like go for it. Like, I think he can handle it. So that's one thing I'd like to see, you know, in this first week here, honestly, without SAR is, is maybe a little experimentation. Um, and, and maybe that happens earlier for Jabari Walker than it happens for Shaden Sharp. Well, I don't know how much of Jabari we're going to see early on, because even in the, uh, game the preseason game against Maccabi where the Blazers like rested all their main guys he didn't really get on the court that much it seems like he's kind of buried in the rotation even you know right you know right away even when they are you know not playing all of their you know top guys so 
I don't really know what's up with that. It might just be that he's a rookie, but I feel like every time he's gotten on the floor in the preseason, he's done positive things. So I think at some point, I, I, like I said, it might not be right away, like, or, but you know, they might, you know, they'll have an injury to somebody or like Jeremy Grant or Justice Winslow or whoever will miss a couple of games with an injury somewhere. And then Jabari will get in and look like he can contribute. And then I think Chauncey will kind of have to find minutes for him. Now the shade and sharp thing, obviously this has been a huge talking point among you know the fan base from what I've seen because he looked awesome in the game against Maccabi and the game against the Warriors G Leaguers or their their third unit or yeah whatever, yeah in the last the, the, game the future Warriors yeah so I don't think he's quite ready for minutes against real NBA teams and I think he's looked very hit and miss in those games and everybody that we've asked about it whether it be Dame or Chauncey or whoever have all said that he still needs some work or he needs some, you know, extra reps before he's really able to get those minutes. But we've seen how good he's looked when he's been able to get on the floor and get extended touches. And so I think at some point in the season, they're going to be playing like Houston or Oklahoma City or one of these teams that's tanking. And he's going to get in and he's going to go off. And then he's going to stack up enough of those games that at some point Chauncey is going to decide that he's ready and actually put him in the rotation. Dude. I, I, I think so as well. I think he's just too talented to not play, you know? And, and, and I think that that is, I could also see, you know, I know Josh Hart is starting right now. Yeah. And I know that Nasir little also, you know, has wanted, they, they've looked at him as potentially getting into that spot. Well, he's not ready for that spot. I could also see them doing a little bit of what Memphis did last year where they had young Zaire Williams okay. coming from Stanford, who they really liked, lottery pick, and they played him with the starters for most of the season. Now, he didn't end up – he wasn't finishing games for them, obviously, because he's got a lot of work to do. But I think there's something to be said about a young player playing with the best players – and that potentially accelerating a little bit of development and a little bit of maturity and a little bit of understanding of where to be. And I, I mean, this is not a prediction. I'm just kind of agreeing with what you're saying. This is not on my list. I just think that that could be something too, where it, not just the rotation, maybe he becomes like, um, it's one of these like starters in name only, like he's not going to finish the game, but he's going to play a lot with the starters. And I think that could potentially be a way that they work him in and get him, some some more reps uh with the better guys and with dame and stuff like that and okay so what i want to do now is i i i know it's like your turn to go but i think it actually this dovetails into the next one that i had down on the list so why don't we just kind of continue yeah. and go with this but i think that and i i have a decent idea of which two they might be but i don't know if i want to necessarily say it but I think that two rotation players will be traded before the deadline. Okay. And I think that that, and the way, the reason that I wanted to bring that up next is because I think that depending on who those guys are and what positions those guys play, that might also down the road, open up some minutes for the two rookies. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I actually, that's also one of the ones on my list, not as specific, but. Um, what did you have on your list? For I had, that? they will make another trade. Oh, yeah, I think that's pretty much a lock. And Joe Cronin has pretty much telegraphed that 
when he's been, you know done media availability since training camp started, and even this summer where he's been talking about how the you know the roster's not complete, they're still not fully balanced, they don't really have the front court depth that they want to have, and that they're going to make moves. He's basically said that the roster is a work in progress, and so I would I would be shocked if there wasn't a trade made before the deadline, or maybe even more than one trade. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think there's going to be some moves uh, as well, but so I already said that. Um, so I guess I'm on to my third one now. Yeah. Give me another one. The defense will be closer to average instead of the worst. Okay. So that's close to one of my uh, predictions. The one that I had written down is the defense will still be bottom 10, but not bottom five. So I think we're kind of about in the same range. Like I yeah. can see them being like 20th or 21st in defense as opposed to 27th or whatever they were last year. Yeah, even even somewhere in like the 18-19 range. I think I think I just think that having more switchable defenders to play Chauncey's system, I, I think they're gonna have to do some adjustment with Nurk and not always switch with him. But I think having Hart Ant has grown like two inches and has gotten more jacked. So he's not <laughs> going to be like as able to be taken advantage of. I think Dame gets a lot more crap than he deserves as a defender. And I think some of those criticisms are about three years old at this point. Cause I remember even in the bubble, like when he was jacked up with his ab, like when Jason Tatum was going off, Dame was like, fuck this, I got him. And so like, I, I think Dame will also play better defense as well. Um, so I, I just think that in general, and, and then they've got Winslow who I just, I love that you got a defensive dog in Winslow. I, I think Nasir Little can get to that point, but I, I, I do think that, I just I like the defensive pedigree of this team a lot more, and I think that they can be closer to the average, and and maybe if they can creep up to like like obviously bottom ten is going to be okay and an improvement, but if they can get to like sixteen, seventeen, fifteen, like then you're talking like they're actually could make the playoffs there. I mean, if you're league, if you're like close to league average defensively and your offense is as good as most offenses built around Damian Lillard have been, then you're talking about being one of the better teams in the conference. I don't know if they're quite there and I don't know if that's really where I see them at talent wise. I think it's really hard to evaluate it long term without seeing them make some moves like I think they're going to. But I think we're kind of on the same page about what, you know, that, that we think they're going to improve at least to where they're not like the worst defensive team in the league. Like they have been the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think they can make real meaningful strides this year. So what do you have next? Um, not a show. This is a gambling moment. Um, okay. Eric's gambling. They're going to hit the over on 39 and a half. Is that what the line is? I believe it is. That's, that's last, last, last I checked. Yeah. I think that's a pretty reasonable bet. especially because if you look at their schedule, After the All-Star break, they're going to have a lot of games against, like, the Houstons and Utahs and Oklahoma Cities and the teams that are going for Victor. So those are going to be teams that are, like, actively trying to lose those games. Like, you you can just kind of clean up on those games. And I think whether that leads to them, you know, being in the playoffs or, you know, being a, you you know, a top six seed or being a play in team the total number of wins, I think it's just going to be really skewed this year where you're going to have a lot, just because of how, you know, at least a third of the league, maybe even closer to half is going to be going for Victor by the end of the year. I think you're going to have like every play in team be like in the forties in wins. And then every other team being in like the 
teens or low twenties. They've got eight games against Utah and Oklahoma City. Like, yeah, that's eight. That should be eight wins. So, like, that's that's a great place to start. And it's like, then you've got games against Houston, games against San Antonio. If you get, you know, you win two against those guys, then you got uh, 12 wins already out of those. And then you, the rest of the way, you, you know, you can, you're going to be playing against teams that are definitely, that are, you know, declared to be better than you. But I, I think that they're right there with Sacramento. They're right there with the Lakers. I, I don't think that they're like totally overmatched against those teams. And I think, you know, I think, I think a team like Phoenix could take a step back. So I, I, I just think that, I, I think that 39 and a half is good. And I think 39 and a half is going to be good enough to get into the play-in uh, at the very least. Like if they, if they win 40 games, they will be a play-in team. Yeah, I think so. And we have, I have a prediction about where they're going to finish, but I think we'll kind of both save. I'm, I'm assuming you have one too, but we'll kind of save those for the end. Okay. I have one more that's not a prediction for, like, on-court stuff. This is more of an off-court thing, and it's something I've been talking about for a while and writing about for a while. I do not think that the team will be sold during the regular season. Okay. I had previously thought that that was a possibility. I think that the Phoenix situation is going to slow that down because I think everybody's waiting to see what the Suns go for and how that resets the market. Because the reports that I've seen are that people are expecting the Phoenix sale to go for like between three and 4 billion. And the Phil Knight offer from June for the Blazers was closer to two. And I know that Phoenix is a bigger market than Portland. And I know that, you know, the Suns are a contending team and the Blazers are not. So they're going to have a higher value than the Blazers are. But if they go for like 3.5 or close to 4, then the Vulcans are going to be able to say, look, uh, we're going to need to up it a little bit from 2, maybe to 3 or 3, you know, 3.2 or whatever. So I think that bef- I, 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 this is going to be one of those ones because I usually we, we, we usually would like to, at the end of the season, go back and check our predictions and see how we did at the end of the season. This is one that we might have to wait a little bit longer to check on, but I think that the sale will be done before the calendar year of 2023 is up, but I don't think it will be done during the 2022-23 regular season. Which you had previously indicated maybe, you you thought maybe like a, a winter sale. That's what I had heard, but I think the Phoenix thing is is going to slow it down a little bit. Yeah, and I think look, yeah, like to your point, yeah, what they're saying Phoenix can go for, obviously Portland is not going to go for because, you know, Phoenix has some other things going for it that make it a more valuable franchise and also make may attract more buyers. It's super close to LA and Silicon Valley. It's super close to Vegas. It they have no state taxes. Um and, and so I, I think there's a lot of things, reasons as to why that team is going to be more expensive, much more expensive than what the Blazers eventually go for. But if they go for 3.8, let's say, then I think the Blazers would be able to say, hey, we can get three as opposed to the two that Phil Knight offered before. Right. Yeah. And well, the stuff that like people like Bill Simmons are saying is like, and Wendy is like four, four and a half for, for, for the, for the sun. So, I mean, it's it's yeah it could be uh, it, they could the the Vulcans could get a big windfall from that. Yeah. So that's kind of my one non-actual yawn court related prediction. So what what's your last uh, how many how many have you done? Have you done 3 or 4? I've done 4 
because I, I okay. talked about the trade, which was the same one that we both had. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I think what we have left is is one of yours, your last one, a prediction for actually where they'll be in the standings or what? They'll no, be actually, I don't. Uh, I don't have okay, one so, for that. So uh, do that, and then we'll kind of both do that. Okay, okay. Well, I'll do, I have one more. Okay. And I, this is kind of ties into my other one about the defense, but this is specifically about Josh Hart and Gary Payton, too, when he's back. They are going to bring back some guard rebounding that this team has not had in ages. I mean, I like the white side year was the worst, but it was it it's just been the, the no gang rebounding. The Blazers have not been a gang rebounding team for for forever. I mean, I I don't even remember the last time you could see like multiple guys on the court and you're like that guy can grab a rebound. That guy can grab a rebound. Before it was usually like one guy. And I think having guys like Hart, having guys like Peyton who are smaller players but rebound really well at their position, I think that is going to be one of the reasons that helps the defense um, be a better defense. That's a good one. And even Nasir Little, one, you know, one of the, he, last year he averaged a career high in rebounds when he was actually playing you know, after all the trades and stuff. But one of the things that was actually a little bit concerning to me with him in the preseason was that he wasn't really rebounding at that higher rate and he was kind of getting away from the way he was playing. I don't know how much of that is just the physical stuff because he's still working his way back from both the shoulder injury and the core muscle injury. So eventually you kind of throw him into the mix. And I think Winslow is a guy that just because of his physicality and because of the you know effort level that he displays, I think you can kind of, you're right. I think they have a lot of guys who can rebound. Right, which was not the case even like when they were decent and making the playoffs, like when they had Whiteside and, or when they had Nurkic and they got the six seed, like they were not a good rebounding team as a group. And that is, that has to change for them to be a better team. And I think Hart and Peyton specifically will help them do that. And Winslow as well, to your point. I have another one that just popped into my head. Another prediction. I think that Anthony Simons will, I don't think he'll win the award. But I think he'll get some significant most improved player buzz, even if his stats and you know his production are about the same as they were last year. Because the way it works usually, especially with you know players on non like super high profile teams, the voters are usually about a year behind on this stuff. Like there's like so many times where like like the year that Paul George won most improved back when he was with Indy, like his production and his stats were pretty much the same that they were the year before. It's just that he was playing more minutes. And I think Kevin Love was kind of the same way when he won most improved. So I, I don't think Ant's going to win the award, but I think he's going to be in the discussion with he just has like a similar year to how he, what he did last year. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's, I think that's a great call. Um, and, and yeah, I think if the Blazers do well, that will help him uh, make a case kind of like when CJ won. Uh, in a year that no one expected the Blazers to be good. I believe they're over under the year that CJ won MIP was 26 and a half. Well, right. Cause that was the year after like LaMarcus Aldridge and Batum and Robin Lopez and all them left and they were going to try to tank. And then Dame was just too good for them to tank and they made the play. And so, and so was CJ. I mean, I mean, yes. they, both, they, they were both just too good. And so, yeah, I think, I think that could be a potential uh, wrinkle in there. So I guess should we just go to predictions now? Yeah, for the for the season, like where do you? I don't, I don't, I don't have an actual number of wins. 
that I'm going to go on the record with because I haven't sat down and done win totals for the entire league, and I don't want to do this without doing that. So I don't have a number, but I have kind of a rough finish in the standings. Yeah, I think they will be in the 7-8 play-in game, and I think they'll get in. I That's exactly where I have them. I think they will make the playoffs out of the play-in. Because in those play-in games, even if they're like 9 or 10, I would still take Damian Lillard in a single elimination game over most other players that they'll are that are going to be on teams that they'd probably be facing at that point. Yeah, like I mean, let's like if they get sack in the plan, give me Dame all day. Like you know, what he's I'm already saying? done it. That's why he did that against Memphis in the bubble with well, the first year that they did the play in. Yeah, I mean, CJ was a big reason in that play in too because he just he cooked John Morant uh, and and in that game, but. And Nurk also had a like he showed up in that game. I just think I think the they will show up in a in that situation. Yeah, I think I think I think so. I think I I do not think as much as this has been something that I think a lot of fans that I've seen on Twitter over the last week, let's say, have wanted. Even if the season goes kind of sideways and they're like in the middle of the bottom ish tier of the West, I don't see a scenario where they're going to decide let's just pull the plug and tank and shut guys down. I don't, I think they already played that card last year. I don't think, I think, I don't think even with the idea that Victor Wembanyama could be on the table, I don't see them doing that a second year in a row because something that I've heard from people in the organization is that they're trying to focus this year more so than on what their record is or where their finish is. They want to build, quote-unquote, the culture and have guys playing, quote-unquote, Chauncey's style. And I think they're going to prioritize, like, if we pick up some wins and we're in, like, the 38-39 range and that hurts our lottery odds, but, we, you know, these young guys are getting reps and we feel like we're building the right way, I think they'd rather do that than go through another season like they did last year where they're shutting guys down and actively trying to lose games. It was actually really funny that uh, the other day at practice, Josh Hart was one of the players they gave us uh, for media availability. And he said, he said, we're not trying to get Victor, whatever his name is. And I tweeted that quote. Cause I just thought it was a funny quote and Josh is a funny guy. But then I had a bunch of like quote tweets and replies being like, they should be trying to get Victor. They're not a contender. And I just, I don't think that's where, the Blazers as an organization. I don't think that's where their heads are at right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I, you're much closer to the team than I am, but I would agree just cause I think also for a team like Portland, it's, it's just, it, 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 you're not going to be able to get one draft pick and then just remake your team. I know Victor is like kind of that guy, but like even teams like Oklahoma city, like they've got way more than just Victor. You know what I mean? Waiting in the wings. So, yeah, I I, I don't think they're going to all out tank. I don't think they're going to I don't think they're going to rest guys or bench guys that are healthy like they did last year. I think I think if guys are healthy, they're going to play. And so I, I and I think that's a good way to build. I think they could get they could get away with that last year because they legitimately needed to shut Dame down to have this surgery because it was something that had been bothering him for several years and once they shut Dame down everybody knew how their rest of their season was going to go and so then it made it easier to justify shutting down other guys and here's the other thing about the the point about you know if they decide to pivot to doing that if they decide to pivot to that in January or February they're not going to be able to hang with 
the teams that are already today on October 16th and recording this already doing that, like the Oklahoma City, San Antonio, Utah, indie group of teams, like even if they, you know, from February on decide that they're going to shut out, shut down all their guys and do what they did last year, they're still going to probably top out at like seventh or eighth worst record of the league. And at that point is like, is that lottery odd worth it? And this is actually also a point that I made on the Jack Ramsey's podcast the other day when I was on with Danny and uh, Brandon, they still owe their pick this year, this coming year to the bulls. If it's outside of the lottery and that limits a lot of what they can do trade wise, because it's one of those situations where if they don't, give that pick. And this was from the Larry Nance, uh, Derek Jones, Jr. Three team trade that they did before last season where they traded <laughs> that pick away. That's just insane that they gave up a pick to trade for Larry Nance. Well, the person that made that trade is not with the organization anymore. That's just, that's just so dumb. I like, I can't even like, like I liked Larry Nance and it was, but the, and the only reason he had to give up a pick is because he decided to sign Derek Jones, Jr. To a fat contract for no fucking reason. After giving up two firsts for Robert Covington the year before, also. Anyway. We don't need to rehash all that, but the anyway. point is that <laughs> I think it's I think it's more valuable to the Blazers to A get these younger guys, you know, a lot I mean, the only guys on this team that have really had real playoff experience so far are Dame, Nurk, Jeremy Grant with Denver and Oklahoma City. And then I guess Justice Winslow of a couple of those years with Miami, even though he was kind of in and out of the lineup with, uh, you know, different injuries. It's mostly a lot of guys that haven't played in the playoffs a ton. And I think giving guys like Anthony Simons and Nasir Little and Shaden Sharp, if he's playing by then, and Keon Johnson, actual taste of, you know, the playoffs, as opposed to like, maybe our pick is worse, or, you know, maybe our, our, our record is worse and we get a better pick. I think that's more valuable and also getting off of that obligation to the bulls with that draft pick, once they get that out of the way and once they give that pick to the bulls and that conveys, then they have all the rest of their picks going forward. And that opens up so much more stuff that they can do trade wise. If the goal eventually is to build a contender around Dame, the next time some guy comes available, like let's say it's either like, let's say somehow the OG on thing comes back into play or, things really go bad in Phoenix and Mikel Bridges comes available or, or something who, like tight, that. Somebody tight with Dame. Yeah, who's that's tight a, with yeah, Dame. exactly tight with Dame works out with his works out with his guy uh, with Phil Beckner. Yeah, right, right. No, but I'm just I'm just saying like not like a superstar comes available, but like someone like that comes available. Who's like a high level role player, legitimate needle mover and somebody that it would make sense to give up a first round pick or two to get because of what the goal would be of getting them having the ability to to do more with your draft picks is going to be open so much more if you just get that obligation out of the way to Chicago. So I think that's another argument long-term for not pivoting to tank and not, you know, and actually, even if it's going to be like the low end of the playoffs and you make it in out of the play in and you lose in the first round to golden state or the Clippers or whoever, I still think that's the way to go. I think so too. I think it, it just, it also helps them like, it's a step forward for the the program, if you will. Um, and I, I think that will help. And yeah, it helps open up the deal, the deal zone the, it widens the deal zone uh, to, to quote uh, Wendy 
our king uh, who who coined the phrase the deal zone. Um, but I, I, I think I think yeah I think if they make the playoffs they give that pick to Chicago they just move on and and they can really play at the draft and really be a player. Um, I, I think that is is going to be the best thing ultimately for the franchise. And I think that's kind of the mindset that they have also. They wouldn't have signed Dame to this extension if they were planning on just multiple years in a row not being competitive and rebuilding and and all this. And by the way, if they don't make the playoffs, and Dame said this the other day at practice, he was asked, uh, I think it was by Jason Quick, but he was asked by somebody if uh, he would be disappointed if they made the play-in, and that was all they did. And Dame said that he would like them to be better than the play-in, but he doesn't think it's the end of the world if it is just the play-in. So he he knows what they're doing. And I think, and from, from again, like I said, from what I've heard, the idea is this year is about having all your guys healthy and, you know, setting a foundation. I think the year where they're going to try to actually contend and really try to get into that top four in the West, I think we're maybe more looking so at, next year or the year after as to when that's what their plan is and what, and what their goal is. Yeah, no, it, Dame seems on board and that's, uh, that's all you can ask for. And I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun, uh, it's just going to be a more interesting season. It's going to be a more, the vibes are already like night and day compared to last year where it was just like a dead team walking pretty much the whole season. Oh yeah, La- I mean, last year was just one of the. I, I, I think. I mean, I covered some pretty bad Bulls teams. That that last, uh, the last Derrick Rose, Joakim Noah, uh, team that I covered was which was the year that they. It was actually a pretty similar situation to this, where they fired Tibbs, brought in Fred Hoiberg, and then it was like the same roster that they had for several years, where like they clearly had been together one or two years too long, and everybody was sick of each other. That's what last year felt like to me. And then there was also just like attendance was way down because of COVID. And uh, there was the, the Olshay investigation stuff going on. And, you know, there were people who weren't happy about the coaching hire from the summer. And then they're coming off a whole summer of like, is Dame going to stay? Is Dame going to leave when that was like a legitimate thing? Last year was just like the whole year, even before they shut everybody down and traded everybody and decided we're just going to actively try to lose all these games by 30. It was just a really, really rough. They were a rough watch, I'm sure, for fans just watching from home. But as somebody who went to those games and was around the team all the time last year, everybody, even though, like, I, I don't think anybody is really under any delusions that this team is great this year, whether it be the player, like, like coaches. And I know Chauncey says they have work to do. Joe has said they have work to do. All the players that we've talked to know that they're not there yet, but even after the way that the preseason went for them, I don't get the sense that anybody is particularly worried and like guys on the team get along and everybody's still kind of figuring out their roles, but everybody feels like they're going to get there and everybody seems like they're in good spirits. And Chauncey seems, even though like guys are still picking up his defense and his system, he seems like he's more comfortable with where things are at this year than last year when he had never been a head coach before and was just kind of getting thrown into this, situation where there's all this crazy stuff happening that was kind of out of his control i just i feel like even if they finish in the play-in range which is what i would guess that is going to happen just because of where the talent level is at right now even if that's where they finish i feel like everybody 
mentally is in a better place than maybe some guys were last year. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think, um, you know, I, I think, you know, mostly everybody got paid. Yeah. So I, I, I think there should be no ill will there. And, and I think, yeah, I think, I think the vibes are a lot better. I mean, I think it's, it's going to be, it's like, like you said, it's going to take some time. They, you know, they're still picking up the system. They're still also learning all how to play with each other. Like Dane never played with Josh Hart last year. He, ne- he played with Jeremy Grant on the Olympic team, but Grant hasn't played with the rest of the guys. The only one of these guys that Dame has actually played with extensively is Nurkic. Because even guys like Anthony Simons and Nasir Little, who have been on the team for a few years, most of the time when Dame was healthy, those guys weren't really in the rotation. Those guys didn't start to have more featured roles until last season after they shut Dame down. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I think that, yeah, there, there's going to be a lot of adjustment period. Like it, and, and I think it's good that Dame played uh, some chunks in the preseason because – they needed that they needed those reps and I, they're going to continue to need those. And so I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they play um, on Wednesday night. Uh, and then again in the home opener. So I'm looking forward to this week and I'm, I'm, I'm really actually excited for this Blazers season in a real way where there was no excitement last year. And so uh, it, it's um, it's good to be excited again. I think that's probably where a lot of people are at. Despite, you know, a bad preseason showing leading to a lot of like, this is all doom, tear it down, blow it up. Like, I saw a lot of that. I saw a lot of trade Damon. And and there's a lot of national media, um, like, trying to play coy. Like, what are the Blazers doing? Even though they've been saying what they're doing for the last, like, six months. There's a lot of like, I'm not sure what they're actually doing out there. And I think, I think some of that will will eventually work its way out. But we'll see. It it'll either work its way out, or they'll you know start off the season four and seven or something like that. And we'll start to, even though none of it will be coming from Dame or coming from anybody connected with Dame. We'll start to hear from some places. Well, I don't know. Should they just blow it up? Should they trade Dame? Is Dame really happy? Is he on board? Like I don't think that's gone just because I know that that's always something that's going to be in play from the standpoint of that's something that people will always try to make happen, even if it's not actually a real thing. Yes. And, and it, you know, that's kind of what uh, one of the main uh, television partners of the league really hangs their hat on. And, and so that's just what they're going to do. Uh, so one or one or both certain, you know, I, yeah. I can tell you that there are outlets that I've worked for in the past that as soon as it became clear that Dame wasn't going to ask for a trade, I was not really useful to them anymore. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's very true. So, um, keep your third eye open and always, uh, always. And well, I, I, I don't know. Do you, do you have, do we have anything else to, to touch on for this episode? I feel like we went through our predictions, um, and yeah, I, I think there's uh, some. I, I saw a bet the other day that if, if that if anyone's interested in, I'm I'm probably gonna play it. Eric's gambling corner will give you a bonus pick here before we wrap it up. Anthony Simons to average 21 points per game, and the Blazers to make the playoffs is plus 800. Does they does make the playoffs include being in the play in and getting one of the last two seeds, or does it? Do they have no, to yeah, no, that's just... what it means. You don't have to get. No, it's like you you if you get into the playoffs, period. 
Like it's not it's not uh, limited to the top six. Well, I think twenty one points a game is pretty reasonable. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, he's gonna get a lot of usage. He's gonna be the second option. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I think that's. I think that's reasonable. I personally, as a journalist, I actually like have a personal policy of I don't. I don't bet on sports. Like that's just that's not something that I do. But for those of you that do, since it's legal in a lot of places, I don't think that's a bad idea. All right, we got we got some official picks for you. Official picks. There you go. I mean, just for legal reasons. You should not. I am not a betting expert. You should not take betting advice from me. Eric dabbles a little bit more in the game, but, I'm but not, it, like, but I'm not going to guarantee anything. So don't, don't even. Yeah, this exactly. Is, it's a high leverage bet. That's <laughs> it's, it's sure. It, yeah, it's it's not. A, there's a reason why it has odds that it does. For sure. So uh, we will be back. I'm assuming it's some, probably you know. It's, I'll I'll have another episode at some point in the next week probably after the first couple games we'll get kind of a temperature check of where things are i'm still i've got a few guests i have the asks out to to try to come on eric i'm sure you'll be back on at some point in the near future as always everybody rosegardenreport.com go subscribe free or paid subscriptions i'm gonna have a lot of paywalled content so i would encourage you to sign up for the paid tier i think it's going to be worth your while for the podcast, make sure you subscribe, rate, review, do all of that. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Got some big stuff planned this season. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And Eric, thanks for doing this again. Absolutely. We'll do it again soon.